Hello everyone, Phil Giuliani here again, and this program is One in Messiah here on Messianic Lamb Network. And I've been telling my friends and everyone who hopefully is watching that for the last few days that I was going to have a mystery guest on, but I guess that, number one, you can see who the mystery guest is now. If you don't know who this is, you're hopefully going to find out in a minute. Um, I have Paul Wilbur with me today, although he's not here in the studio yet. He should be here momentarily. And we arranged to do this program, and he's going to have probably about a half hour to 45 minutes to be with us, but that will be fine. And it's it's exciting just to even get to have him on the program because he's been such a huge influence in my life. And from the time I was literally a brand new believer, I came in contact with his music, got involved in the Messianic movement to a big extent. And over the couple of, I don't know, two and a half decades since that happened, come to know him um, as a friend, as a brother, as a mentor. And like I always tell him, there I don't think anyone has had a big, as big an influence on me in my spiritual life and in my walk with Yeshua than he has. And so it's always great to have him here. And I see he's popped into the studio and I know he doesn't have a lot of time. So if you don't know who's in this picture behind me, you're going to find out in one second. Hi. <laughs> Is that, who's that in that picture? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the real well, Dr. Phil. Great to see you. Wow. You're looking very snazzy for the program. Well, I I tried to you know, I, I washed on behind my ears and uh, <laughs> put on. Well, my, it's so great I, to have you here again. I had you on maybe I don't know it was well over a year ago, might be mm. a year and a half ago. Wow! And then a program with Nathan a little bit after that, and you you missed my glowing introduction about how much I think of you, but <laughs> that's okay. I can catch you up on that later. <laughs> but anyway, Thanks. great to be here. I know you have kind of a limited amount of time. Mm. So that's fine. So whenever you need to go, just give me a signal or say, <laughs> I'm out of here, or just shut your camera off. <laughs> I'll, we I'll, do that. I'll, I'll be subtle. Like, hey, got to go. Got to go. Got to go. Yeah. There's only one thing I want you to do before you leave. Because I promised by, you know, on Friday nights, I have the live version of One in Messiah. And if you live in the Cleveland area, and even though we don't have Quirky and Lenny's anymore, oh. if you live in, <laughs> when I told Paul that Quirky and Lenny's had closed, he wrote back, the glory has departed. And uh, mm -hmm. when, when I used to pick him up the airport, when he'd come into town, we would go to Quirky and Lenny's before we would even go to the hotel. First thing before first. he would even either remind him we had to pick up his bags before we went to Corgi and Lenny's. <laughs> <laughs> we can get the but guitar um, later. First thing, yeah. First. But I, I, 
I promised my live version of One and Messiah that you would wish them a big hello because they're huge fans. I've got everyone there that turned on to the music. They've learned so much about Messianic music. They've learned so much about you and some of the others, like our fellow Clevelander, Marty Getz. And I've heard of him. Yes, he's in mourning since I told him that Corky's closed. Mm -hmm. So um, if you wouldn't mind giving a big hello to the live version of One and Messiah, that would really encourage them. So however you want to do it, whenever you want to do it, that's great. Are they on now? No, but I'm going to play it for them tomorrow night. Okay. So we, if you're in the Cleveland area, we meet at 709 Brook Park Road, which is Calvary Chapel Church. And we gather there about 6.15. We start about 6.30. So I always miss Shabbat in your home, but my wife watches it while she's monitoring my little broadcast. And then I usually watch it later because she would much rather watch you and Luann and Nathan and Malky than listen to me. So, <laughs> Well, you know what they say about familiarity. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, just since remind Joan about that. Since we're coming up on our 50th anniversary, she's heard me plenty. <laughs> well, that's a that's a landmark. Yeah. Good for you. 50 yes. years yes. of marriage. Yes. So, but great to have you. And you. I thought, you know, I, I started out introducing you that literally within weeks of my becoming a believer back in the mid-1990s, I went to a Christian bookstore and was buying music. And I came across the Shalom Jerusalem album. Mm. Um, I guess they don't call them albums anymore. But the CD. Mm, They're coming back. Yeah. And I mean, it was like, I, I looked at the thing and the young lady who was working there said, oh, if you play this, you're going to play it over and over again. And so I said, well, okay, I'll buy it. I said, you know, is it like Sergeant Pepper or what, what, what is it? So I put it in the CD player in my car and played it over and over and over again. And then not long after that, you, I'm sure you don't remember, we came to Pittsburgh and you were at Suresh David congregation. I remember. And I came up to say hello and you said, do you want to go out to lunch with us? And I said, yes. And that started a long friendship and um, we started traveling around to anytime Paul was within 300 miles of here, <laughs> Joan and I would drive over there and <laughs> amazing. And his kids have been calling me uncle Phil since they were, I don't know, teenagers at least. Yep. Their favorite uncle, I think is what they say. I think my, I think their favorite uncle. Yep. And then Caleb, your grandson named his shark, uncle Phil. <laughs> so I would always ask, how's Uncle Phil the shark? And, um, but it's been a great, great friendship and a great time since the first time I heard Shalom Jerusalem and right mm-hmm. up until this minute when he's here. But rather than talk about just things in the old days, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're doing now in terms of Israel ministry, especially with the war going on? Sure. Mm-hmm. and what your plans are to tour and so forth. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, let's see. Things that would be uh, appropriate. 
Um, tomorrow I leave for Costa Rica. Uh-huh. I'll be there for three days, come home for a couple days, and then off to the Netherlands, where we know that in The Hague today, Israel is being charged with genocide. The, the madness in the world continues, uh, that the victims uh, have become the oppressors. And it's just the insanity is amazing. So we we recognize that this warfare goes on in different levels, right? And and so uh, we we've been called to be a part of this army of God, and and so we've recognized different areas and levels uh, where we uh, actually warfare and and play our part. So no, I I don't have an M16 or a Kalishnikov. I I don't have to trudge through the mud in Gaza or or in Samaria what what uh, some call the West Bank or now in the the cold of the north and south Lebanon. But we do actually engage uh, with boots on the ground. I'll tell you about that in a minute. Um, we also wage war in in the atmosphere uh, through the the media, social media platforms, where uh, others wage war for the hearts and minds of men, and we also launch our spiritual missiles there. And then there's also the heavenlies, where the the ancient warfare has been going, angels and demons for ever and forever and forever since recorded time, when um, Satan, uh, formerly known as Lucifer, launched a, a huge shot across the bow, and it was recorded for us in in Isaiah chapter fourteen when he said to Yahweh or the Lord, I will raise my throne above yours and I will sit in the most holy place. Well, where is that throne? What is the most holy place? It's Jerusalem. It's the throne that Yeshua, Jesus, is returning to take up one day. It's the throne he was denied. Actually, he denied it of himself because that was not part of his mission the first time around. Um, We could get into that, the ancient rabbi's writing of Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David, the Messiah, son of Joseph, and the the son of David, the two different messiahs that they saw as they studied the scriptures. But that ancient um, dragon uh, in the spirit who's waged war against the sons of God since the beginning, demons and angels. But this is also where we wage warfare with our prayers and our praises. Um, as we send them up into the atmosphere, we see that so often in Scripture, Second Chronicles chapter 20, and, and so often where praise wins the day. More modern times with Paul and Silas in, in Acts chapter 16, where they're down in the belly of of the earth, um, and they've got these beautiful musical instruments called chains, uh, 
<laughs> around their ankles and probably their wrists and their midsection as well. And at midnight, rather than complaining uh, that they don't have any pickles from Corky and Lenny's, uh, they decide to just lift up their voices. And they, they do warfare in the heavenlies. And what happens, an angel hears, comes and sets them free. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the short part of that story. But waging warfare now in these days on these three levels, in the heavenlies, in in the atmosphere, and in the media, in the airwaves, and then on the ground. And uh, this is where we have found great success. It's why I'm going to Costa Rica tomorrow to preach to them, make your peace with Jerusalem. This is a message that God has given us um, in the nations of the world. Just recently in Uganda, and, and I won't go into the details, and I know I'm going on and on, but you opened this door, and I'll try no, and no, take no, a breath. I'll take fine. a breath in a second. But this, these different levels of, of waging warfare. So, for instance, in Uganda, we went there with a word for the people of Uganda. Remember back in 1976, um, in is in Uganda, where they had their their president, Idi Amin, had decided to wage war against Israel by accepting the the kidnappers of uh, a French uh, Air France jet with a hundred Israelis on it, kidnapped them, and held them captive there in Entebbe. Well, the Lord told me as I was preparing to go there just a couple months back that they had invited, the president had invited the curse of Genesis 12.3. Mm. When God said to Abram, not yet Abraham, I will bless those who bless you, and I'll curse those who cursed you. And so president uh, during the 1970s, a terrible, terrible usurper, uh, a murderer and a, a Marxist and just a bad dude, had had invited the curse of Genesis twelve three on himself and his nation, and uh, a very well planned out rescue mission from uh, oddly enough Benjamin Netanyahu's brother, yeah. um, who came and and rescued them all. An amazing yeah. story, uh, but and he, he died there. Unfortunately, he was Jonathan. Yeah. He was the only one who died in the rescue yeah. uh, mission. But the Lord spoke to me before going there, and he said, tell the people that because now they had invited a Jew to come and and worship there, that the curse was being broken. This really mm. shocked me as I was praying about that trip. Mm. And, and it was so uh, next level that I called my friends in Jerusalem. I said, am I hearing this right? I'm not trying to take something on myself that doesn't belong to me. And they prayed. They said, yes, but we believe this is the Lord. So I told them 20,000 people showed up <clears throat> and let them know because you invited a Jew that the curse that was invited on your land back in 1976. And did you know this, Dr. Phil? that the day the captives were set free in Entebbe was July 4th, right. 1976. Six. Whoa, an appointed time. Yes. And so when I shared this with the people, 
they 20,000 people stood up and shouted and and roared and and it, it was amazing but then the other part of that word was now that the curse is broken make peace with Jerusalem because a day is coming of judgment on the nations Joel chapter 3 Joel chapter yeah. 2 he yeah. says, I'm I'm judging the nations because you divided up my land and you sold my sons yes. and daughters for profit. He's going to roar from Zion. And Joel chapter 3, he said, I will thunder from Jerusalem. I will roar from Zion. So That'd be a great title for an album. Let me pray about that. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's... that's why we travel. Uh, we're yes. waging war in the spirit, in... Uh, in the the media, in the atmosphere. And then we're doing it with boots on the ground. My guitar, which is, oh, I've got a few of them sitting here behind me. That's my M16. And when yeah. I take that guitar up and begin to send those missiles out into the atmosphere, it's pulling down strongholds. Yes. I always tell people the story that when you're standing in line at Starbucks and the guy in front of you says, so what do you do? And you say, well, I travel around the world singing about Jesus. And they kind of go, oh, that's <laughs> nice. Ask somebody else. <laughs> have, have you thought about getting a job? Or... <laughs> yeah. Sounds like my dad. Yeah. But, yeah. But, you know, we were at, at my Bible study group this morning, we were talking about that, that this is, spiritual warfare mm -hmm. and the the israel part of it of course is a main one because satan hates the chosen people he does. hates the chosen people because yep. messiah came from them mm -hmm. just hates them and the persecution has gone on since pharaoh or before pharaoh mm -hmm. and as i an identifiable group of people that has been a group of people since 3,500 years ago or whatever and more. Yeah. That persecution has been going on. And I mean, everybody knows about the Holocaust and everybody knows about the Nazis, but there's so much more to it than that. Of course. And it goes even to today. And I don't know if there's a Malachites involved in this, but Hamas and the, all of the group is just part of the same spirit of anti-Semitism, the same spirit of persecution. And like you were saying, I like your point about different levels because that same warfare is going on in the culture. And it's going on, you know, church after church is surrendering to the times. And when you see what's going on and you see that faithful people are saying, hey, you know what, we don't want to, we don't want this anymore. We're going to regroup ourselves and we're going to be over here because we want to stay true to the scripture. We want to stay true to Judeo-Christian teaching. And we're not going to fall for this woke nonsense. And, you know, as I always like to say, the gospel's been so hijacked now that nobody even knows what the gospel is anymore. Mm. And everybody says, well, the gospel is being nice to everyone and don't hurt everybody's, don't hurt anybody's feelings. Golden rule. Make everybody feel nice. And, mm. you know, and, and, the dark forces are, I mean, they're winning victories, of course, but their days, of course, are numbered, as you point out. Mm -hmm. And so are ours. Our, so days are, yes. our days are numbered. There's a number of days that have been assigned to us. Yes. I try to encourage people this, as I encourage myself. Look, I, 
I, I have been assigned a number of heartbeats. Yes. Um, and, and when that number is up, I don't know it. I can't increase it. I can't diminish it. God knows it. Right. But I'm going to be given an opportunity to account mm-hmm. for how I spent those yes. heartbeats. Every breath that I draw, I sing, I sing a song. I will, I will sing again out of Psalm 103. Yeah. I, as you know, uh, right after coming out of uh, uh, Auschwitz back in, in 2020, just as COVID was shutting down the nations, I lost my voice. Mm-hmm. And for a year, I sounded like uh, a frog to the point where I, I wanted to give up. And I told my wife one day, I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore. I can't stand the sound. And she stuck her finger in my face and she said, you were created to make these sounds and you will sing again. Yes. Sat down with a friend and, and wrote a song, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Mm. All that is within me, bless his name. Yes. And let every breath return to you, speaking to the Lord as praise. And so... um the thought occurred to me, I will give an account for how I spent all those breaths. What did I do with them? Did I use them to bless the Lord? Did I use those breaths to mm-hmm. proclaim the gospel in the nations as I was commissioned to do many, many years ago? Did I use those breaths to bless or to curse? Did I, how did I use those breaths? Uh, there's a number. And I will have an opportunity standing before the king to give an account for the breaths and how I used them. And you want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant, which he will say to you. Well, I'm yeah. almost 100% positive. In Yeshua's you know. name. But he might just he might have he might just add you know you should have been on Phil's show a little bit more, or you should have Probably. made a couple more trips to Cleveland. But yeah, that's I'm repenting. Bad. That's why I'm on with you today. This is part of my <laughs> repentance. Yeah, and we didn't know that Corky and Lenny's was going to figure in prophetic history. But mm-hmm. anyway, that's a that's a whole other story. I oh, know well. that I know that's if you're water watching your some other place, you don't know what we're talking about. But that's our common Cleveland connection. I was, we were, my wife and I talked a lot about how funny it was that we were at Case Western Reserve in University Circle and you were singing at the big synagogue, which at one time was the biggest synagogue in the United States, mm-hmm. which is now unfortunately a performing arts center. Ugh. But anyway, wow. and Marty Getz was living down the street the other direction in Beechwood. And, you know, the three of us were within a couple of miles of each other. And Wouldn't that be amazing that got, to take that to be place friends. to go and do a performance at the Performing Arts Center yeah. that used to be the temple? Oh, it, it was amazing. But, you know, it's a, um, you know, John the Baptist talked about producing fruit. You know, Yeshua talked about producing fruit. And, you know, the if the, if the branch doesn't produce fruit, it's cut off. Mm-hmm. You know, John says, hey, you know what, the... The axe is already to the root of the tree. If you're not producing fruit, you're going to be thrown into fire. And, you know, he's, he's, uh, I talk in a lot of churches and 
once in a while, I hear somebody say, well, you know, you got to be careful. We don't want to lose our tax exempt status and we don't want to get in. And I say, you know what? Pay the tax, take up an extra collection, pay the tax, because Yeshua is not going to say, I was really impressed with how you handled your tax exempt status. <laughs> it was really, I'm, I'm really, you were really shrewd. How you, No, he's going to say, did you tell people about me? Did you preach my word? Did the you truth. tell people about salvation? Did you tell people what they should be doing? And this is not, you know, the, the, this is not the time in history to sit back and say, hey, well, what can we do? Yep. What can we do? Well, the thing is with this war, everybody has a place. Yeah, Um, I've heard, I've heard Phil for decades that when we bow our knee and say Jesus is Lord, and really mean it, that we've been enlisted in an army. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are certain times now, uh, over my brief uh, years on this planet that that has really come home um the the understanding this is this is war um people are are dying um and and the, the stakes are very very high and so uh we each have a part to play in this and you know some of some folks may be watching or listening today saying well you know that's that's good for you you've got this ministry and you can do this and you can travel the world and, but I'm just me, but that's not how it started. Just me. I I have a voice. And when I was born again, I was anxious for people to know uh, the truth about this Messiah, about this Jewish Messiah. Uh, I told my, my Orthodox grandmother that I had found the purpose for my life, that I I would be sharing the good news with our Jewish people for the rest of my life. And her response to me was, Oh, Paul, just leave the Jews alone. Um, But um, I can't, it's just, you know, so we all have. And so I took my, what I had, my guitar and, um, just started writing and singing. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, other people wanted to hear it. I don't mm-hmm. know how Marty would say that that he, Marty Getz, our, our dear friend from uh, Cleveland Heights there, um, you know, he, he got born again. He had a piano. N- nobody from the former Soviet Union called and said, oh, Marty, would please come and, and sing? No, he just, he had a song in him that he began to sing. And uh, we all have been given uh, a gift. You know, First John chapter 2 says, all of you have received an anointing, verse 20, from the Lord. And all of you know the truth. All, I've checked it out in the Greek and in the Hebrew, Dr. Phil, and guess what? It means all. All. All of us, we've been given an anointing from the Holy One. Mm -hmm. We all have a place in in this kingdom Mm -hmm. and and a place in the battle, whether it's peeling potatoes or or carrying the the shoulder rockets or whatever it is. They're all different, 
but we all have a place and yeah. we're going to have to give an account for yeah. what well, it's, we did. it's it's like Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12 the spirit gives gifts as he wills he the spirit sovereignly gives everyone a gift mm-hmm. same spirit different gifts and he compares it even to parts of the body you know, you got eyes you got ears you got and you know mm-hmm. the eye doesn't say gee i wish i was an ear and the ear doesn't say gee how come i'm not an eye Mm-hmm. And I can't, you know, I can't, I can't say, how come I can't sing like Paul Wilbur? And, you know, but I always like to point out that when we get our glorified bodies at the end, I like to think that I'll have hair and I'll be able to sing. <laughs> but the problem is no one will recognize me in heaven if I have hair. <laughs> I can imagine you with lots of long white hair. I imagine you as a Moses kind of <laughs> Well, I think my beard helped my ball. Yeah. I think you are kind of a Moses in the spirit. You 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 gather groups of people together, you love to share yeah. the the scriptures and teach and lead. Yes. I, I don't know that anybody who came to you for medical help ever got any. You just have them <laughs> sit there and listen to Paul Wilbur's latest well, song. Well, they got they got the medical help. I didn't bill them at all or didn't bill them very much, but everybody got to hear the gospel. Okay. Well, and I got, I got the opportunity to share the gospel with people who were literally on their deathbed and within hours or minutes of dying. And I, when I look back on it, I just still get a little, I still get choked up when I think of all the people that said to me, eh, I don't believe any of that crap. You know, I don't want to hear any of that. And then they died. And I'd be standing at the side of the bed, literally looking at their dead body, thinking, I wonder what he's experiencing right now. Five minutes ago, he said, I don't believe any of that crap. Ugh. But yeah, it was, man. But it's the, the practice was a great, um, see, I practice as an unbeliever and then as a believer. So I, you know, span that. But being retired now for the last few years, it's been great because I have so much time to get my Bible studies together, get my talks together. I got groups in the evening, groups during the day, still doing the radio, which we'll have to do one of these days. Nice. But um, Hey, Marty let me, let me take a, a quick 30-second break here. I'm going to mute myself and turn it over to you. And I I'm in my home. And I hear the doorbell. I I need to answer. So okay. <laughs> I'll be I'll be right back. This okay. is this is live live and this is live. live. This, this is, is live. I'll be we right. Can't back. Edit it out. <laughs> well, I think that's a first on this program, where I guess it's had to go answer the doorbell. So, but that's fine. Since it's Paul Wilbur, I don't care what he does, <laughs> as long as he's there. And um, I think you get the idea of how my reaction to first hearing Shalom Jerusalem changed things because it it took me into Torah, literally. And for so long, I was studying Torah and making notes and trying to understand what was going on. I started to see how things in Torah prefigured Messiah, prefigured Yeshua. And you get such a deeper 
such a stronger, solid, more solid foundation, and how you then understand the gospel so much better when you know where it comes from, and that it isn't starting in Matthew 1 1 with Messiah suddenly appearing. There's the whole, the roots of it are all in the Tanakh, of course. And Paul Wilbur was a huge part of that for me. And it, as I said before, led to me being involved in, 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 in a lot of messianic ministry and a lot of messianic areas. And uh, not just here, but also in Israel. And so it's, it's just been wonderful. And I have a great um, debt of gratitude to him um, along those lines. And it's been a while since he's been here to Cleveland. And whenever he would come here and would pick him up at the airport and go to the deli, and we'd, it was just such an awesome experience. But because of Shalom Jerusalem, it got me started in all of this. Hmm. And while you were answering the doorbell, you know, it got me into studying Torah. I mean, I was a new believer. And there I was. The Holy Spirit kept telling me, read this again, read this again, read this again. And I was trying to understand it. And I was making notes. And then Joan got me a sixth grade Sunday school book called The Old Testament. That I could understand. <laughs> that was my first Bible commentary back in 1995. And it, from there, I, I kept wondering, why, why am I just studying Torah? But then as I saw these connections to Yeshua, the types, the shadows, the prefigurements. Like he says in John 5, you believe Moses, you'd believe me because Moses wrote about me. And all that started to come out as I studied more and got into more depths. And then, of course, following Paul Wilbur around, we always tell the story about, um, I don't remember what year it was, but it was um, Valentine's Day was coming up. And Joan said, what do you want to do for Valentine's? And I said, oh, Paul Wilbur's in Columbus. And she said, oh, so we're going to go to Columbus? And I said, yeah. <laughs> so we, we drove down to Christian Assembly, Pastor Sam Farina, great, great, great guy. I'm sure you remember him well. Oh, very well. And exaltation. And yeah. So we went down there, and it was a blizzard. I left work early, snowing and blowing, you know, just like in Jacksonville, blowing snow, freezing cold. Mm. We drove down to Columbus, got there almost a little bit late. And we went and sat down and I went out because they had some food in the lobby. They had like hors d'oeuvres or some snacks or something. So then you came in the building and I walked down to the front to the platform with you. And Joan says to me, it's Valentine's Day, and you're walking down the aisle with Paul Wilbur. <laughs> and I'd say, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you're an amazing guy. You are. Uh, you, I never you did that very, with Marty Getz or Joe Chernoff. You're, you're unique. You're, you're a unique guy. Yeah. Um, your love for God translates to your love for people. And that's why you do these broadcasts. It's why you have a radio show. It's not because you love to hear yourself talk. It's because you love the God who wrote that book. Yes. It's become food for you. Yes. And and you love people enough that you want to you want to help them find the good food. Yes. 
and like I was saying when you were answering the doorbell, you, you know, when you think, when you start studying in Matthew 1 1, and Messiah kind of shows up, I mean, that's fine. But when you start in Torah and you go through Torah, the prophets, the writings, you have such a solid foundation of who he is, what he did, why he came, how he came, what he did, what's going to happen next, is all in the Tanakh. And 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 I, I've been trying to do that in churches. I talk in a lot of churches and do a lot of groups, and I I see more and more interest in that. And I'm sure mm-hmm. you do too, like you were saying yep. before. You know the Hebrew roots. I'm I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm working on a new, I don't know what it's even called, a new platform called Roots and Foundations, where I'm going to talk about how important, I'm doing some lessons about how important it is to study Tanakh, to understand Messiah, to understand Yeshua and what he did. So, yeah, it's it's been, I mean, you started all that off with Shalom Jerusalem. Mm. Well, the Holy Spirit put the, put the CD in my hand. And the young lady said, oh, you got to buy this. I said, oh, okay. Amazing. Interesting cover. I kind of like the Jewish look to it. Yeah, I'll buy it. The next thing I know, it was like, hey, Paul Wilber's going to be in Toledo. Let's go. Hey, Paul Wilber's going to be in Indianapolis. Let's go. Holy Toledo. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so it's a, um, it's been a great, um, well, I mean, it's not over yet. I always like to point out to Paul that, I'm five months younger than he is. Mm. So I'm it's, your, it's, your not, elder. it's not over yet. We're still on the journey. Yep. And I'm pretty sure that you and I will both still be preaching Yeshua as we're counting down how many hearts, heart, heartbeats we have left. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's the whole purpose. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So I, I owe you such a debt. You know, I, uh. I always, I always talk about, you know, I love when Paul calls himself a doulos and, you know, Peter calls himself a doulos because they're bond servants because now I'm not a doulos to you, obviously, only to the Lord. But you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. when you have a debt you can't pay, you say, I want to do something. I want to. I say, you know, if you encounter people that say, well, you know, I love God. I love Jesus. But, you know, I don't really want to read the Bible. It's like, oh, you don't want to read what he has to say? You don't want to read what he wrote? Mm-hmm. That's pretty weird. Mm-hmm. You really need to read this. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's been it's been a great, great run, which is you know still going on, of course. And I always say I hope he comes back tonight, and I do hope he comes back tonight. But if he doesn't, <laughs> we just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Well. We've got I mean, uh, we got more compared to what to go. you've. I mean, compared to what you've done, I'm like minor league. But man, it's Mm-mm. it's so cool about your with your travels and the different groups of people that you reach. I mean, yeah, I we've been in Israel many times, and I've gotten to teach a messianic congregation in in the Galilee. And just this morning, you know, I, I watched the Israeli news, and they were talking about Kiryat Shimona, which is a town we know very well. We know people in Kiryat Shimona. I've gotten to teach in the congregation there and in Carmiel many times. And I think, well, you know, I have a personal thing when they say a rocket hit the building and, the you know, most of the people have evacuated. And I'm like, man, that's that's our town. I feel like that's my town. Hello. 
Did you know um, that many churches in France now are are becoming mosques? Yes. Oh, yes. And in the UK, yes. There's more mosques in the UK now than there are Anglican churches. Well, and in France, it's the same. Many. Well, you know, we were we were at a Turkish restaurant the other night. And they have these beautiful pictures of the old uh, Hagia Sophia, which at one time was the biggest church in Christendom, but of course was a mosque and now it's a museum. And they had pictures of the interior of it and outside they had these big minarets. And I think, wow, you know, this was a center of Christianity. Mm. And now Christianity has almost disappeared from there. Mm. It's amazing. It is but, amazing, but it's the times that we live in and, Dr. Phil, I've I've just got a couple minutes left, but yes. I, I I want to I want to leave our our listeners, our friends today with a with a thought that uh, with all of the anti-Semitism that we're seeing around the globe, uh, what an unusual opportunity the church has right now. And the the reason I'm saying this is I just read an article um, by Dennis Prager, mm. who, who's a, a religious Jewish man, a, a thinker, a conservative, mm-hmm. and uh, someone I, I enjoy listening to, yes. uh, like Ben Shapiro. Yes. Uh, there's another one, uh, Telushkin, uh, Joseph Telushkin. Yes. They're religious Jews, conservative, and... Uh, and very positive towards Christianity, Mm -hmm. but um, also very aware of the historic, uh, I hate to say the word Christian anti-Semitism, but there it is for anyone to to see in the history of the the church, 1900 years. And I I read an article, by Mr. Prager just yesterday called Why the Jews? Mm-hmm. And and he was talking about the, the historical anti-Semitism, um, and, and he quoted, quote-unquote, church fathers. Um, d- painful to hear the words that some of them, not all, but some of them, the the... the the blatant anti-Semitism, uh, including Martin Luther, and um, it was it was painful. It was embarrassing to read. It's nothing that I hadn't heard before. Um, but I I say that to say this: that with the war and the loud anti-Semitism around the globe one of the one of the criticisms that a religious jewish person will always throw in my face is that jesus can't possibly be the messiah look at how his followers feel and act about the jews and um we have now such a great opportunity 
to change Jesus' reputation amongst his own brothers. If you think of Joseph, uh, who was actually a ruler, the second in command in Egypt after Mm -hmm. the rejection by his brothers. Mm -hmm. And um, they, 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 when they came for food there in Egypt, they feared him because he, he had real power and authority, Um, but they didn't know him. They didn't understand him. And, uh, Israel today, the Jewish people, uh, for the most part, don't know him, don't understand him. And he's gained a very bad reputation because of his disciples, his followers. Yes. And now the church has, uh, Phil, such an, an amazing opportunity to do good towards Israel and the Jewish people, to bless, to stand with, to encourage, to support, and to change the reputation in the street, if you will, of who Jesus is by doing good. Again, uh, Matthew 25, what you do for the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me, Yeshua said. Can we find it in our hearts not to be silent? That's one of the greatest criticisms of the church during the the first Holocaust. We're in another one now in World War II. I've heard it said that the Holocaust of Germany would not have been possible had the the church not been silent. Mm -hmm. And, And now what a great opportunity to open our mouths, to declare the truth in love, to speak against the virulent anti-Semitism, to sow, to give our resources, as we're doing, putting those tens of thousands of dollars in the hands of Messianic Jewish believers, pastors, and and, and Christian Arabs in the mm-hmm. land to yes. actually feed the poor and to sow into the needs that are so great every day. I want to encourage our listeners today. You have a great opportunity right now to do good. There are so many organizations, the International Christian Embassy, Jerusalem, Firm. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Wilbur Ministries. You go to our (laughs) website, wilburministries.com. There's a place there where you can sow with us into the lives of the believers in Israel and help change the reputation of Yeshua during this very, very difficult time. I want to encourage you to do it. And and you bring up Joseph is the perfect point. You know, Joseph was dressed as an Egyptian, spoke Egyptian. His brothers didn't recognize him. So finally he said, I'm Joseph. You know, we've made Yeshua a Gentile, European-looking guy with, you know, the long blonde hair you always want. Long wanted. blonde hair and little baby <laughs> Jesus at Christmas with a little blonde curly hair and big blue eyes. Mm-hmm. And Jews go, who's that? <laughs> he looks like Swedish Jesus. Mm-hmm. But, you know, now's the time to say, here he is. He's your brother. He's bone of your bone and flesh of your flesh, like they said of David. And, um, wow, we could go on with that forever. But I know you have to go. 
But I along really with the declaration, say hello to my congregation, because they'll be so excited. Oh, the congregation, the congregation. One <laughs> in Messiah. So, friends of Doctor Phil, one in Messiah. I greet you in Yeshua's name. Woo. You have chosen well. Um, you know, the word of God teaches us to be careful of what we hear, who we hang out with, <laughs> where we go, what we say. And I want to say to you, one in Messiah, you've chosen well. You're hearing good from a, a disciple of Yeshua. I trust this man. He is on my board of directors. He tells me what to do, and I have to listen. <laughs> so I recommend that you listen as well. One in Messiah, be blessed. I, I look forward to one day, would it be possible oh. uh, to, to even visit you oh, that in would be person? Awesome. That Let's, would be awesome. Let's believe for that. I haven't been to yeah, Cleveland let's, let's do forever. That. Yes. Forever. It's been a long time since you've been in Cleveland. That needs to change. Yes. Well, if we got you there on a Friday night, that would be awesome. Mm. But thank you for the blessing and the greetings. Everyone is going to really appreciate that because of course. everyone knows your music now. They didn't know mm. it when we started um, back in 2016. Wow. The first time we met, I had just had eye surgery because my retina detached and I had first session. I had all this bandage over my face. People walked in and looked at me like, boo, well, should I have come here? <laughs> you tried to scare them and they're still there. That's a good group of people. Yeah. And then we still joke about this very nice lady who came and said the very first session she came and she still comes now every week. She said, oh, I've been listening to your radio show for two years. And I said, oh, great. Thank you. And she goes, I can't believe I'm seeing you in person. And I said, well, you have to admit, I look much better on the radio than I do in mm -hmm. person. Radio face. I get it. <laughs> radio face. Mm -hmm. I've got the face for radio. That's for sure. Well, you use <laughs> it well. You use it well. What God well, has given and invested in you, Phil Gigliotti, the, you, you are running a good race. Oh, and I'm you. proud to be your friend. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks so much for being on the program today. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it again in a couple of months. Why not? Anytime you you know, if you don't have anything to do Thursdays at four p.m. Eastern time, just you know. Normally, I do a teaching with the PowerPoint and everything. And if you break mm -hmm. in and say, "Hey, I want to be on the show tomorrow," I say, "Great." Okay. And I'm sure the regular audience will like it better than listening to me drone on. Well, they're <laughs> listening to you every week, so that's right. <laughs> Well, bless you and your travels to Costa Rica mm, and everywhere you. else. And we'll be coming down to Jacksonville soon. Great. Because the board meeting will be coming up. It is coming up. And we're going to see you in Cleveland, Tennessee, mm. for Stand with Israel. I we stand with Israel. Like yep. We are coming down uh, February 10th, Cleveland, Tennessee. Great. The other Cleveland. The other Cleveland. Exactly. Yes. I mean, you know, the other Cleveland. That's how I remember where I'm going. It's the other yeah, where you're going. Mm -hmm. There's no delis there, though. But. Well, for those who are, who are listening and watching today, join us February 10th in Cleveland, Tennessee, for I Stand with Israel, a mm -hmm. call to action. 
We have very special guests coming to join us, Dr. Raleigh Washington of yeah. Promise Keepers, Pastor yeah. Emeritus Don Finto from Belmont yeah. Church in Nashville. He's 92 or 93, yeah. still travels the globe, and and is you just can't miss that. Dr. Bill Cloud, yeah. uh, who who is the pastor of Jacob's Tent Jacob's right there in yeah. Cleveland, uh, a wonderful teacher. He'll be yeah. with us. My son, Nathan, my yes. daughter-in-law, Shay, will be singing with us as part of the team. Full band, violin, yeah. saxophone, drums, yeah. bass, keys, singers. Uh, it's just going to be a tremendous day. Oh, and my dear friend, Scott Volk, of Together oh, yeah. for Israel. He's going to join us. It's just going to be a tremendous time. You can't yes. get an assemblage of people like this in one place just any yes. old day. The the uh, admission is free. It costs right. you nothing. We'll start at 12 noon for four hours of seminar teaching from some of the best voices uh, of the kingdom. And then we'll have an evening celebration, a call to action. Yes, um, that's going to be awesome. I can't wait to go. It's going to be a tremendous time. Come I and join will be, as I tell, I'll tell the audience, I'm going to be in the seats. I will not be singing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we thank you for that. Unless the building needs to be evacuated. And it, it will not. It will. <laughs> Unless there's a, a cloud of glory and a pillar of fire, and I'd, I'd be the first one in that in That, that fire. would be awesome. For more information, go to WilburMinistries.com, WilburMinistries.com, and all the information is there on a map. Or you can just follow Dr. Phil from Cleveland. Yes, yes. <laughs> right. follow me down. <laughs> get, on, get on board. There's a train yeah. coming. That's going to be awesome. Well, Thanks again. Thanks so much for being on the program. Of course. And seriously, find any Thursday you want to do, just let me know. Okay. And I'd like to get Nathan back on too. Because Nathan has a whole different set of interesting stories. Well, he's another year older as of yesterday. So that's right. He's trying to catch up to you. I sent him birthday greetings and to Caleb too. Nice. And yours is coming up, but we won't mention that. Next week. Yep. Me and. Me and, uh, yeah. And mine will be five months later. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yes. Well, so I'm paving. say hello I'm to Luann and everyone else. I will. Including Uncle Phil the Shark. <laughs> which I hope the little ones are playing with now. But. We'll see. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of sharks in the water. There. Yes. All right. Blessing. Well, thanks again for being here. I only have like a minute left anyway. So, oh wow, okay, yeah. <laughs> if you got to go, you got to go. If you want to hang around for another minute, <laughs> I, I have I have another minute. Oh, great. so for for all of those who are listening and watching, let me give you this this blessing. In Numbers chapter six, the Lord spoke to Moses and to Aaron, and He said, "When you bless my people, declare these words." And the Lord said to them, when you do, I will do two things. I'll place my name on my people. Imagine he marks us with his family name. And he said, and I will bless them. That word bless, the Hebrew word, bauch, it means endued by God with power for success, prosperity, long life, 
and fruit that remains. Receive the name of the Lord and the blessing of the Lord with the hearing of these words. Yevarechacha Adonai v'yishmerecha. Ya'er Adonai panavelecha v'chunecha. Yisa Adonai panavelecha v'yasemlecha shalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, Jesus, our Messiah. Amen. And amen. Well, thank you so much. We're right down to the end of the program. So this worked out really well. So and I told you I only had 30 minutes, and because I could answer the door, I had 60. <laughs> yes. What a deal. Well, we'll see you in Cleveland, Tennessee. I look forward to it. The other Cleveland. Maybe we can have pizza or something. <laughs> I'm on a new I'm on a new lose 20 pounds diet again. Oh, so. okay. Maybe we'll have some yogurt or something. <laughs> Ooh, that'd be lovely. With some fruit. Have an awesome trip. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>